This is the Friday, July 16th edition of the Daily Wager Podcast. We've got you covered with all the action now that sports is starting to resume following the Major League Baseball All-Star break. We'll get you in and out in less than 10 minutes. Welcome to the Daily Wager Podcast presented by DraftKings, America's top-rated daily fantasy app. I'm Doug Kazarian alongside Joe Fortenball on this Friday. Always a busy Busy Friday, and even though the sports calendar is starting to slow slow a bit, uh, we got some action, Joe. Yeah, buddy. It's been fun doing the pod these last few months since we launched it. And the first few days this week were the slowest since we've begun this little project. But now you get to today, and between fight night tomorrow night, game five tomorrow night, everything that's going on with the Open Championship baseball coming back, we're loaded. So I'm ready to rock whenever you are, dude. Okay, let's start in the hardwood. NBA Finals, game five. It is now a three-game series. Home team is one. And covered all four games so far. Uh, I lean Phoenix here, but it's not going to be just a blind bet. Uh, like, the, you know, I was thinking the Suns are the right side. I thought they could win game four. But now, a little apprehensive here. I think the Bucks are starting to figure some things out. I still like Phoenix, but don't love it. Bucks have been very good. I can completely understand the apprehension because the Bucks have looked fantastic over the last two games. I'm going to play Phoenix here. I will lay the four. Fun fact here, minus four is the cheapest price we've gotten on a Phoenix home playoff game since game two against the Lakers in the opening round. Now let's go back to game four and try to figure out what went wrong because I think Phoenix, and I'm sure you agree, is the right side in that game. They were inside the number up until the final 19 seconds, covering the game for 41-41. But alas, it's a bad beat and we have to move on. Game four. The Suns were minus 12 in turnover differential. Game four, the Suns took 19 fewer shots than Milwaukee. Game four, the Suns attempted 10 fewer free throws than Milwaukee. And despite all of that, they still had a lead with under three minutes to play. Home crowd's going to be huge as it has been in every single game this series. I will find myself on the Suns tomorrow night. Okay. Any opinion on the total? We finally got an under. Yeah, so I think I'm going the other way of everybody else. I'm going to play over 218, and it continues to drop, so I'm against the move. And I understand the logic that as you get deeper into a series, teams start to figure each other out. You had the under in game four. It was an absolute smash of a pick. But I look at game four, back to what happened with Phoenix and their shooting. Those 17 turnovers, they only ended up getting 78 shots up. Coming into that game for the postseason, they were averaging 85 shots a game. So that's a big drop-off. In 92 total games this year, they've only played seven games in which they've shot fewer than 78 times. That's a big-time low. Big-time low. And you also had two teams that combined to shoot 27% from deep. Doug, entering game four, the Bucs and Suns had combined to shoot 38% from deep. They had been very good with the long ball in this series. So they were terrible from deep in game four. The Suns barely got any shots off in game four. And when it's all said and done, they still put 212 points on the board. So I like the regression here. I like the fact that it could go over. Every game in this series has featured 220 or more points except game four. And Monty Williams and Chris Paul continue to talk about how they have to push the pace against this team, something that Phoenix generally doesn't do. But that's their path to victory, at least in their minds. I like the fact that they keep vocalizing that. Excuse me. I will play the over here as well. Yeah, I lean over actually as well. I just think uh, these teams can get – it's too easy for them to have a big quarter. That's yes. what I was sort of sweating out. Now they had a, just a brickathon for a couple stretches to begin each half, like the first half and the second half. Each began with like a really like like nine points in the first three minutes. 
and it barely got under. So I'm with you there. Uh, props, I'm going to go back to Drew Holiday over in rebounds. It's going to be four and a half, lay some juice, or five and a half plus money. Um, he's just so, struggling so much in terms of scoring that he's filling up the stat sheet in a lot of other ways. So I like that for Holiday over in rebounds. I'm going to follow something Tyler did in game four. Uh, I mostly want the rush from this bet, so I'm going to be completely honest about it, but I'm going to play under one made three-pointer for Giannis Antetokounmpo. All right, it's minus 110, under half. So if he makes one, I'm toast. But he's realized, and Tyler did a great job of breaking this down before game four, he's realized that's not the path to success. He's a career 28% three-point shooter. All right, he's not good from back there, and he hasn't been good in the playoffs. Entering the Phoenix series, he was averaging 3.6 three-point attempts per game in the playoffs. In the Phoenix series, he's averaging 2.7 attempts per game. It's dropped by a full attempt. He understands why. He hasn't made a three-pointer since game two. He only attempted two in game three and two in game four. If the Bucs are going to have success, it's got to be Giannis in the paint and close to the rim. Shooting from three isn't going to get them there. One of them could bury me, and you know he's going to put up at least one in this game. But I want the rush. This is a rush bet for me. I am going to play the under half a made three-pointer Giannis Antetokounmpo. I did it in game seven against the Nets, and he banked one, in, and it was miserable. I think I was under, I was under one and a half minus 160, actually, and he had made one to end the shot clock that swished, and then, like, another one that banked. I knew that when I was going to bring this up, that that was going to be referenced yeah, because ridiculous. we all have a we all have a handful of bets that we're never going to get over. That's one of them for you. <laughs> and that was on the heels of a game six where he didn't attempt a single one, I think, if right. I remember correctly. So it was like, OK, all right. He's finally figured it out. <laughs> and nope, nope, had to shoot that one early in game seven. OK, uh, let's go to the diamond Yankees. Who knows what's going on? I have to take Boston if they're going to even play the game. I'm going to fade the Yanks in every game besides Garrett Cole. And even then, I'm going to think about fading him do you have anything on the diamond i do one game uh not a popular one the mariners are plus 130 at the angels i would play seattle here i think this is a really good price they're going to send the righty chris flexen out to the mound flexen was really good going into his go, going into the break over his last six games he's had an era of 1.86 seattle's five and one in those six starts and seattle quietly is not going away they're 17 and eight over their last 25 and they're going against the lefty and andrew heaney tonight Seattle's 10 and two in their last 12 games against left-handed starters. So a little trend to throw out there to demonstrate what they've been doing against lefties as of late. But again, small sample, but a fun note, regardless, Andrew Heaney on the flip side is going to go for the angels five, three, eight ERA. And he's been bad as of late 18 earned runs over his last four starts, which only encompass 19.1 innings. So he's practically giving up a run in inning. Uh, the angels one in three in those four starts. So Seattle at plus one thirty. I think it should be closer to a pick em. I like the Mariners here. Yeah. He's just bad in general. I, I am going to lay the little juice here with Gossman and the giants. I think they're that good. He's that he's been great this year. I, I can't back the Cardinals with Wainwright. Wainwright, fantastic career. You know, we'll see if he keeps it up, but uh, I'm on the uh, giants there. Anything else for the weekend? Uh, fight night from the Apex here in Las Vegas tomorrow. It's not the main event, but Misha Tate is coming out of retirement to face Marion Reno. All right. Now, Tate's about minus 140. We use Caesars William Hill. You can get a little bit cheaper out there. I like her to win this fight. I'm not playing it anyway special. I'm just betting her to win this fight. 
If you're a matchmaker, there's one of two ways you can go here, in my opinion, with someone like Tate, a former champ who's coming out of retirement. Number one, you could put her up against a good young contender, an up-and-comer who could use the victory to build the reputation, to build the name brand, to build the prestige, right? Or you can go another route. You could want to see Misha Tate win in this comeback fight, and you can give her someone she can beat. And I think that's what Renault is. Renault's 44 years old, and her, she's lost each of her last four fights by unanimous decision. I think this one is set up to be competitive. Renault's going to retire after this. But ultimately, Tate's coming in. She's a minus 140 favorite. I love the way it's set up for her. I'm going to bet her to win that. I believe it's the second to final fight. So the co-main, I believe they call it sometimes. Misha Tate, minus 140 over Marion Renault. Okay, good stuff there as well. Um you know, obviously, there's a big downer after the uh, after the um, big card last week with Connor. But uh, things I'm passing along: Moraza plus one twenty five. Uh, that might be the dog of the day if it gets to one thirty. Uh, Makachev inside the distance at plus money as well. Those are the ones I'm go. passing along. The people I respect. Um, but uh, that'll do it. That's gonna do it for this edition of the Daily Wager Podcast. We pr- appreciate everyone. Uh, We'll see you later today at 6 Eastern on ESPN2 and then Monday all next week on ESPN2 at our usual time slot. Enjoy the weekend and best of luck to everyone. 